Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Um, now, I'm really grateful for this particular camp meeting. The reason is because this is the first time that we get two morning prayer sessions. So I'm using this to tell you that we'll be here again tomorrow and you all will be present and we will pray through it and we will not be tired. So um, just for the sake of the people who might be joining us and don't understand the reason for this exercise, I want to share briefly on why pray long. Why pray long? Why pray long? Let me tell you this. As a church, by the grace of God, we tick all the boxes. As a charismatic ministry, as an excellent church, as a world church, you know, and all of that. And there is a box that we tick already, but we want to emphasize even more. Celebration Church will be known as the praying church. Say loud, amen. amen. And the reason is this. Friends, I've peeped into the future in the place of prayer. I've seen the future, the future of this church, and it's very bright. I want us to press into it with prayer. Did you hear what I said? Ah, we've just started. There is more to press into. You see, one of the things that gladdens my heart are the testimonies, you know, of the congregation or the testimony of brethren. You know, so years ago, we were in a space that hosted many other churches. And someone was coming from out of the country and the person's friend had insisted, if you are visiting Lagos, you must visit Celebration Church. Oh, what church is that? Oh, it's a great church. Go there, give it a try. You'll be so blessed. Ah, okay, I'll give it a try. So just for the sake of friendship, the person goes to the venue and to his surprise sees many churches and couldn't remember the name of the church that his friend recommended. And at the same time, couldn't reach his friend at the time. So now, he's trying to describe to the cleaners, oh, there's a church. And all the other descriptions he gave are very much like all the other churches. Ah, they're really excellent. Uh, <laughs> oh, they are trying. They are really. And then he said, they pray a lot. And the cleaner, listen to me, the cleaner said, that's the church, celebration church. Go there. <laughs> are you listening to me? The cleaner said, I'm not talking about one of our ushers. The cleaner said, that's the church. Go. And they were right. I said, God wants to give us an identity. And I will tell you why. I heard another testimony yesterday. You, you, you saw the way Pastor D led the opening prayer yesterday, Abby. <laughs> you know, and it was interesting that just yesterday, um, someone was telling me how... Someone stepped into this church for the first time. 
and heard Pastor D praying and said, this is my church. You know? <laughs> and, it's so, and so it is noteworthy that of all the many reasons people identify with this church, of all the labels that people have for Celebration Church, prayer is one of them. Come on, are you listening to me? It's our identity. And I want you to know and understand, as I begin to answer the question, why pray long? Generally, every mastery requires time. If you will master anything, you will invest time in it. And so spiritual mastery requires time. Listen, this is something this confession of faith generation does not understand. And it's cute. You know, you just say, I am, I know who I am. You know, I <laughs> there's a place for that in the word. And if I have time, I will show you. Or let me just tell you in case you are wondering. You pray long so that you can pray short. <laughs> That's the connection. You pray long so that you can pray short. So when you are standing before the tomb of Lazarus, you say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me already. Lazarus! So you have, don't, don't, don't miss it. All right? You pray long so that you can what? Hallelujah. I said you pray long so that you can what? When you look at the men of the underworld, as horrible as what they do is, even there, you can't attain mastery casually. All the rituals they have to go through, the time they have to spend, how they journey into the forest and do all kinds of silly things, Oath of silence, put a leaf in their mouth, they won't talk to anybody if the Nollywood movies are anything to go by. In case you're wondering, how do you know? Nafimu. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But one thing is sure, any type of spirituality at all, light or darkness, you lay hold on it through mastery. Look at how Jesus started his ministry. What about Moses? Don't think you can have a different approach and have the same results. It won't work. <laughs> it won't work. It won't work. Turn your Bibles quickly. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14 to 16. There's an important point I want to make there. Ephesians chapter 3. Ananokopotia. A common dear capotes. Hmm. Wow. Are you in Ephesians 3:14? Read together loud as you can is a popular text from verse 14 to 16. One to go. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would what? Grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. Listen, we know about being strengthened with might physically. We know about that. We know what it means to go to the gym and lift some weights and feel stronger 
and get stronger. Have you ever walked out and you felt your muscles expanding before? Has, has it happened to you before? Or maybe you, I mean, I, I'm asking a question. <laughs> okay, some of you don't want to lie. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But the reality is, the same way you can build muscle physically, he's telling you, you can build muscle spiritually. Think about it. Think about the metaphor. Being strengthened with might, not in the gym, not by lifting weights, but by the spirit in the inner man. Listen, your spirit, I'm speaking metaphorically, has a muscle. Has a muscle that can be what? Expanded. That can be exercised. The same way you can get stronger physically, you can get stronger spiritually. And Paul is praying that you'll be strengthened with might by the spirit in your inner man. There is a spirit gym. Tell the person by your side there is a spirit gym. Did you hear what I said? So prayer is not exactly to inform God about your problems. He knows all your problems. And that's why Jesus even spoke about vain repetition. If I have the time, I'll touch on that. It's not about informing God about your problem. God already knows. Sometimes you just need to build capacity to handle what you're faced with. That's what it's about. When you go to the gym for the first time, there are things you might not be able to lift. Things you might not be able to carry. So what do you do? You keep going. And as you keep going, what will happen? You keep getting stronger. And as you keep getting stronger, what will happen? The things that you can carry, you get better at it. You can carry heavier things. Such is the spirit. You can build capacity. Let me tell you something. In the place of prayer, you can exercise yourself for more. Whatever it is you are seeing in God, you can see more. And it's just exercise. It's literally just exercise. And just the same way, there are some people who are more committed to building themselves physically than others are. There are some people who are more committed to building themselves spiritually than others are. And the difference will be clear. Come on, are you with me? The difference will be clear. Strength is a huge subject in the realm of the spirit. We don't just pray to list out our prayer requests. We pray to build strength. Say loud, amen. When I was teaching on something similar in Abuja, I said this. What did Jesus pray at the Garden of Gethsemane? If it is possible, let this cup pass over me. That's one sentence. It doesn't take a second to pray that prayer. So why was it important for them to watch one hour? Or two hours. Many theologians believe that the prayer lasted three hours because it came three times at one hour intervals. 
But uh, well, it was long. We know that it lasted more than an hour. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said, can't you watch with me an hour? Does it take an hour to say, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me? So you can tell from the result of the prayer that it wasn't really about the prayer request. Like you will hear me say a million times, prayer is not just about what it can do for you, but what it does in you. When he left that place, he was strengthened. God answers prayer primarily with strength. <laughs> not with a reply, but with strength. You know that God has answered you when you leave that place stronger. And you know sometimes, like Jesus, we are saying God should do something for us. But instead, God does something in us. As he was praying, the Bible says the angels of God came and ministered to him. So he left that place stronger. This is an aspect of prayer we must understand. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, another popular scripture. They that wait on the Lord shall renew what? Shall renew their strength. And what will happen? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Let me put aside KJV so that it will minister to you better. They will run and not get tired. Do you know what that means? To run and not be tired. He says that's what waiting does. Listen, this is the paradox of exercise. If you see someone who is consistently fatigued, who wakes up tired, are you aware there are people like that? You wake up, but you wake up tired. The paradox is, the reason you are tired is because you have not labored in exercise. The paradox is, the more you labor in exercise, you tire yourself out in the gym, the less tired you will be. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's an interesting paradox. You are tired because you don't walk. And the same thing happens spiritually. He says, if you wait on the Lord, think about it. Naturally, when you wait, you should be tired. But he says, if you wait, you will be strong. <laughs> if I wait, I will be strong. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be tired. <laughs> Walk and not be weary. Mount up with wings as the eagles. God wants to build in us a company of strong men to execute his counsel. Say loud amen if you are in the number. Amen. Say loud amen if you are in the number. Amen. I know we've prayed for a bit this morning. And if all that you are conscious of right now is your tiredness, you are not descending properly, let me put it to you. You are stronger now than when you came. You are stronger now than when you came. Because it says if you wait, you will renew your strength. You are stronger. You are stronger. And we will yet add strength. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. You will yet add strength. Ah, I'm very likely more tired than you. This is my third camp meeting. <laughs> my third. I'm more tired than you. Ah, 
but like you hear me say often, a broken voice is better than a broken life. Yeah? So even if you hold on to God all night and you have a dislocation the next morning, but your name changes, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. James chapter 5. On purpose, I want to make this charge as short as possible so that you will have more time to pray. Are you in James chapter 5? Come on, I said, are you in James chapter 5? Verse 16b. <laughs> you see that paradox there again. It says, the heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Does it say makes him tired? It is heartfelt and it's continued. It should be exhausting. But does it leave him exhausted? Instead, what does he say? Makes power available, dynamic in his walking. Hallelujah. He says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amplified says, makes tremendous power available. It's heartfelt. It's continued. Do you know how exhausting it is to, be, to do anything in a heartfelt manner? To pray in a heartfelt manner, you know. I've said it jokingly, seriously. One of the most difficult things to be is a singer who has a prayer life. They don't go hand in hand. So I was telling my friends, I said, this week, I want to pray with soprano. And they say, angels will be saying, what are you doing? What? This is They will just be laughing. Because how do you preserve your voice? You pray with soprano. The heart fails. Continued prayer. It's continued, but it will be powerful. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. And then he gives you a good example. He said, Elijah was a man like you. A man subject to like passions as you are. Many people just think that spiritual people have some supernatural advantage. They don't understand what we feel. If you see anybody that has a prayer life, they feel all the reasons, they have all the reasons not to pray that you have. But they decided notwithstanding to pray. So it says Elijah was a man like you. But he prayed. So he's telling you, no matter your good reasons not to pray, pray. Amen, somebody? And he's not just telling you Elijah prayed. He's telling you how Elijah prayed. He says he prayed earnestly. This is a teaching not just on prayer, but a type of prayer. Heartfelt and continued. This is not a responsive prayer. This is a lifestyle. This is not a prayer you pray when you have a problem in your family. This is a lifestyle. Are you getting what I'm saying? Listen, the Bible says be sober and vigilant because you have an adversary. What does it mean to be sober and vigilant? It means to be watchful. 
And why does it say to be watchful? It says because your adversary is looking for whom to devour. So you should be watchful because your adversary is watchful. Are you getting what I'm saying? You should be watchful. Oh my God, as I grow, I discover more than ever before that this world is deeply spiritual, deeply spiritual. Yesterday, I was talking to my wife, um, also Pastor T and Pastor Peter came to my house, and I was telling them, I'm just annoyed the number of things the devil gets away with that just seem normal. His greatest advantage is these guys. It just seems like a strange sickness came up suddenly. Or that that company that was meant to give you that contract, just things just came up. The devil gets away with a lot. And I know I have the gift of revelation, but I'm still growing. And see, there are some things you may never hear me say again. You, you see, there are some things you hear a preacher say, you know you are still learning. <laughs> it might sound nice, especially when you're throwing Greek, Hebrew. When you hear someone say, it doesn't matter the time of the day you pray. Have you heard things like that before? It sounds nice. You can pray. It's true. <laughs> it's actually true. I know all the reasons. I can preach it. Maybe better that in the realm of the spirit, there's no time. Isn't that true? And so it doesn't really matter if you pray in the morning or in the night. But the problem we keep making is that we think the only factors in the equation are the believer and God. That's the problem. There are three factors in the equation. There's the devil. And the devil is always trying to gain advantage over men. And because men sleep, even in his realm, there is no night. And so he doesn't sleep. He will come when men sleep. That's why even Jesus said, while men slept. Are you getting what I'm saying? So by all means, I beg you in the name of Jesus, if the Lord nudges you in the night to pray, don't say, ah, I can pray in the morning. I'm going to preach tonight about the importance of time in the achievement of spiritual things. Some things are time-bound. There is a time to pray. And so when Jesus keeps telling Peter, watch and pray, watch and pray, that you don't fall into temptation, the time came, he just said, mm. You know, the same way you tap someone who is sleeping during devotion, the person wants to wake up and start praying. You just say, don't worry. Now is the time and the hour of darkness. Problem has already met you unprepared. Now a small girl asks you, are you not one of the disciples? You swear, I'm not one of them. You are not prepared. Are you listening to me? By the grace of God, I have a profound prophetic gift. I, I, I see things. I hear things. And the Lord speaks to me. Some people have the gift of dreams. I dream awake. Are you listening to me? I travel to places. But I had a dream, a night dream, just days ago. That was so profound. And the Lord was exposing a plan that the devil had. I'm a deep sleeper, and I have no regrets about it because I work hard. <laughs> With the way I work, if I'm not a deep sleeper, there's a problem. And I discovered in the word of God, Jesus was a deep sleeper too, so. 
and he said he gives his beloved sleep. So, if you're not a deep sleeper, there's a revelation of the love of God you have not caught. Uh, oh, God. Rema did for everything. Everything. <laughs> but listen, a dream woke this deep sleeper up. And I woke up. This is, see, I've been awakened to warfare a couple of times. There are some people I will pray for in church, eh? and all their ancestors will come and visit me in the night. Una, where will they go? <laughs> I, not really you people share, but I go to, that's why they say, don't lay hands in the hurry. <laughs> Grandmother, auntie, just come and <laughs> Hallelujah. And I woke up and I started praying. And just then, a demon opened my door. Daddy, I had a bad dream. We were dreaming at the same time. Are you listening to me? We were dreaming at the same time. Pray, oh. Hallelujah. Thank God daddy was awake and praying. Because at least you, you can understand your dreams. What about children? Doesn't it bother you that children dream? Come on, are you with me? But here is our advantage. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as you are. But he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Many people stopped there. The story doesn't stop there. And it did not rain three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the, rain, the heaven gave rain. Listen. <laughs> the example of Elijah is not just what he did through prayer. The example of Elijah was that he did and undid. <laughs> oh, God! He prayed that there should not be rain. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain. In the place of prayer, I can do and undo. Did you hear what I said? If you don't get it, forget about it. I'm not even joking. Think about it. He prayed, and there was no rain. Then he prayed, and heaven gave rain. In the realm of the spirits, in the place of prayer, I can do what? Do and what? I can what? I can what? Aha. <laughs> I can change things. Then when I change things, I can change my mind and change them again. In the realm of the spirit and in the place of prayer, according to the will of the Father, I can do and undo. This morning, I want you to do and undo. Don't joke. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights for three years of ministry. Think about it. Three years. 
never underestimate the power of investment in the place of, place of prayer. And if you think you've prayed long, you're underestimating the assignment that God has for you. And they are underestimating. <laughs> Let me leave it at that. So prayer makes power available both to do and undo according to the will of God. Prayer makes power available both to do and undo according to the will of God. Maybe in your lineage, someone through fervent devotion caught a covenant with a deity. You know, modern day Christians don't like to hear things like this, but it happens. And those things have generational consequences. Hmm? You too. <laughs> you can start a new experience for the people coming after you. Start a new experience. Change the name of your family. And I'm not saying publish new name in newspaper. I mean spiritually. And my fervent prayer to God is to give me church members who can tarry. You know, I've said it jokingly seriously. There are some people, when the devil wants to touch them, he has to be ready. Because some people know they hear sorry, you. <laughs> when God see when God gives you the ability to pray when you learn to pray and you can stay on a matter for days devil will think twice that this time I'm wasting there are several other people I can touch an entire family I can just blow an entire family breeze and, and go unchallenged Hallelujah. But in the place of prayer, I can do and what? So there are some things to build in the place of prayer. There are some things to tear down. <laughs> are you ready? Are you tired? Okay. It's okay to be tired, but be stronger. Is there an army in this place? There are people in this place who value prayer, who know what prayer can do. Hey, say, say this with me. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Say this with me. Say, it's time for me to fly. It's time to run and not be tired. In my ministry, in my devotional life, in my family, in my business, I build capacity in the name of Jesus. Put up Luke chapter 10, verse 17, as fast as possible. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them and 70 returned again with joy 
saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us in your name. Listen. So he sent them out and they came back with an experience. But guess what? Jesus did not need that testimony. He already knew. And how did he know? Verse 18. He says, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Listen, there is something tech people call back end and front end. <laughs> when you're using a website, you have a user experience, the part of the website that you can interact with. But the actual part of the website that does the work and does not even look as nice, you know, with the programming and all those codes and those things that look ugly to the natural man, that's where the real work is done. This went, these people went out and came back with an experience. They were excited about their success. But Jesus said, I knew already. I saw Satan fall. They didn't see Satan fall. They only knew they had a great experience. Let me tell you something. This is what prayer does. It is the back end. This is where the work is done. Now, you go out and then you see a lot of things changing in your favor in every aspect of your life. And the reason is something spiritual has taken place. And listen, everyone will see the external aspects and say, hey, I can see your life has changed. I can see your ministry has changed. But the reason is something fell today. Did you hear what I said? And they will not see. They were not there when you were praying. They only saw the results. But we knew. We knew things would change. There is no surprise. <laughs> so when the people come back with a report, no surprise. I know. I know. Because I saw something fall. I saw something drop. <laughs> That's the realm of the spirit. It might be something, just a note, just a signal, just a small cloud like the shape of a hand. But you know, there is a sound of an abundance of rain. Listen, you didn't hear the sound, you didn't see the sound, you only saw a hand like a cloud, but you know what it meant. Is there anyone here that received something and you understand what it is? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Ay, 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 glory. Sing it from your spirit. Say hallelujah. Sing it over your life and over your family. Say. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.